I am, I am a human being. I am, uh, would consider myself at times to be a capitalist. You have to be willing to rewatch a movie. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Quick, quick, quick. Hey, Please don't aggregate this. Lillard, long range three. Their defense is atrocious. atrocious. I'm the rock star. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love the plan here. It comes a dunk. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? Bye. Welcome back to Swish FM, Chris Mundelkin and Ben Craw. Ben, we have a lot to discuss today. Oh, man. A lot to unpack. Yeah, yeah, a lot going on. A lot going on these days. We're going to be diving down a bit of a wormhole, but mm. before we get too far into it, uh, let's break the ice here with a little uh, something nice, something light. Mm. Give me a quick thought on James Harden's debut this weekend with the Philadelphia 76ers. Friday night, the Sixers beat the T-Wolves. Harden debuted with 27-8, 12 on on 7 of 12 shooting, 5 of 7 from 3, 8 of 9 from the line. He was a Mm. plus 35. And then on Sunday, the Sixers played the Knicks. Harden had a triple-double, 29-10-16, along with 5 steals, 10 of 10 from the line, 3 of 7 from 3. Uh, so Ben, give me, uh, some thoughts on James Harden's weekend debut here with the Sixers. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good, Chris. Um, yeah, good. I, um, I wish I was able to, uh, to catch, uh, those games. I was not sadly, but mm-hmm. I, um, but I, I did, you know, I was checking those box scores and, uh, yeah, things look to be going pretty well. It seems like he's, uh, fairly motivated to, um, <laughs> It's funny how <laughs> to that play happens, basketball. Isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. He did look pretty healthy out there. He was yep. not showing any signs. The hammies of, looked okay. Um, I know. Of course, he had a hand. Uh, he had a hand uh, soreness at one point with the the Nets. That mm. seemed cleared up. Mm-hmm. His hamstring mm-hmm. seemed good. His conditioning seemed great. Uh, sound found some uh, some life on the defensive end. I know a lot of his critics, you know, <laughs> would point out that he he wasn't always super mov- motivated on defense. Mm-hmm. He seemed to be pretty spry out there against the Knicks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, yeah, did yeah. you did you watch uh, the the Knicks? I think you you watched the Knicks. I game, did. Right? I yeah. actually I watched both games. Mm. I watched um, the the Sixers T Wolves game on delay like on Saturday or Sunday morning when I woke up, I just like, I couldn't sleep. And, uh, I watched like the condensed version of the game and he looks like just incredible. Uh, like him and Embiid playing pick and roll is Mm. going to be pretty unstoppable. It's, it's very clear. And then what they did to the Knicks on Sunday is like, Granted, the Knicks aren't great, but like the, mm. the whole league is going to be on notice. I mean, Joel Embiid, I think shot twenty-seven gotta, free throws. Is that right? Yeah, we'll ch- yeah, exactly. Check the box scores. But I yeah, think it was think twenty-three it was of twenty-seven from the line. Twenty-seven <laughs> foul shots. It was just like wait, let me check because I actually do have him on my fantasy team. Um, I really wish I had James Harden on my team, but um, bu- 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 yep, twenty-three of twenty-seven. Yeah, eighty-five yeah. percent from the free throw Again, line. Again, I mean. 
the Knicks aren't volume. world the Knicks aren't world beaters and it was Mitchell Robinson who got in foul trouble early and hmm. so the Knicks brought in their backup Jericho Sims who's a rookie and yeah. Jericho Sims actually played pretty well like considering he's totally outmatched by like you know the MVP of the league Joel Embiid hmm. but um but it's just like very clear like Harden penetrating and then just kicking to Embiid it's it's going to be very hard to stop those two. And then Maxi looked great. Matisse Thibault looked phenomenal on defense. It's just kind of like everyone's job <laughs> just becomes so much easier. I don't know, Chris. I think the uh, I think the Nets uh, may have won the trade. Uh, I think they I think they hose I think they hose the Sixers because you know Ben Simmons is looking really good too. So we are still thinking that the Nets won the trade. So yeah, uh, yep. I can't believe can't believe Mastermind Daryl Morey got uh, got got taken for a ride like that. You'd think that he'd yeah. be uh, smarter, um, but. Yeah, no. Um, Take it yeah. to the woodshed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Nets are uh, have a have a have a super team in Brooklyn. Um, they're looking like uh, like real world beaters over there. So, um, yeah, very. Uh, <laughs> I am. I am like. Yeah, I really. What are the what are the seed seedings now? Is there? I know, like we still have like five months well, of the th- season left because it doesn't end. But uh, yeah. there's a. I mean, my God, like. How 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 bad do we want a Nets Sixers playoff matchup? Like, can we? Can we I mean, make it would that be happen? incredible. That, a- we deserve that as the Eastern Conference. <laughs> we finals. really do. I really do hope that Simmons comes back healthy and yeah, the sure. Nets look really strong because it'll yeah. just be so fun. Yeah, like, it would be cool if that was an actual like rivalry. Yeah, it would be really cool. It would be yeah. really cool. So uh, we shall see. Ben Simmons, you mentioned, is nursing a sore back in his rehab from uh you know sitting out the the beginning of the season so uh we shall see but ben today we are discussing Uh, a topic some less pleasant matters some less pleasant matters none of us want to do this chris nope 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 but we have to over the last week or so ben the future of one zion williamson Mm. with the new orleans pelicans has once again uh become sort of a point of fascination for fans of the nba it's now gotten to this sort of fever pitch inflection point where there are so many characters weighing in, involving themselves. Swish FM, Ben has no choice but to jump off the top ropes here. And yeah, to we, have, we now have to involve ourselves as well. We have, we have no choice. Yeah, no choice. We have an obligation our to duty. our listeners and it's to our ourselves. Responsibility. Yes, yeah. we have to help separate the signal from the noise here, Ben. We do, we do. Um, so I thought what we do is, cause there's a lot of moving parts with this story oh, and we're going to try to be as concise as possible, but, uh, whammy is not here this week. So yeah. the usual time restrictions won't necessarily apply, but we'll try to move forward as, as follows. I think we'll just sort of lay out in the simplest possible terms, how and why Zion's name has sort of come up in the media of late, and then we can sort of elaborate on who the key players weighing in are, and then finally we can sort of offer some thoughts and opinions on everything that's been happening. Let's start here, I guess, Ben. Um, So if I understand correctly, the reason Zion's name has been coming up in media reports of late, specifically the last, like, two, three weeks, is because... CJ McCollum was asked a question and mm. he gave this response. Yeah, so, I'll start so, with CJ. 
CJ, unfortunately, um, he was traded from the Blazers to the Pelicans on February 8th for, it was a couple days before the deadline. He was dealt for Josh Hart, Thomas Sadaransky, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and Didi Luzada, and a first-round pick, and then two second-round picks. So, you know, needless to say, the Pelicans gave up a bunch of stuff to bring CJ McCollum into the team to sort of fortify this kind of young, dynamic trio with Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, CJ McCollum. And Zion, um, you know, increasingly, it seems like he will miss all, most or all of the season with this sort of mysterious, complicated foot injury. Um, yeah. He's, it's, it's, he, it was downplayed all off season by Pelicans GM David Griffin, but it has just sort of snowballed to the point where he's now potentially going to be getting a second surgery on his foot. It's looking more and more like that he will miss uh, the majority of the season. Um, anyways, with a few days, uh, a few days after the trade happened, CJ was asked about his communication with Zion and he replied, this was over all-star weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, just changing gears a little bit again, you know, you, you got Brandon Ingram, you have yourself Zion. Have you had a chance to talk to Zion? about anything have you i heard he was working out or somewhere else in another city you know that's the, obviously the missing piece of what you guys are going to do he's a big part of our future obviously you know we're looking forward to getting him back i haven't had conversations with him directly i've spoken to some people close to him and look forward to sitting down uh with him sooner than later but i I don't really. Uh, I know. I know about as much as you do right now. But really? I'm going to get to the bottom. No, no, no. Well, Listen, he, well, I, well Zion, this is a dude who could get 25 a night easily. You better call him. You shouldn't have to call him. Like a guy who's gotten 30 in three of the five games he's played. <laughs> exactly. New Orleans. Can we talk about the get to the bottom of it now? I know that that CJ was a a journalism major. Um, he uh, he is a, a fellow podcaster. He's in the podcast space. I consider him a colleague, um, and he's uh, something of a, of a gumshoe investigative reporter. It seems like um, because when he says, "I'm going to get to the bottom of it," does that refer to some kind of grand conspiracy? Do we think is there? I don't. Is there more? <laughs> is there? What is he getting to the, to the bottom of? Like, uh, does is he trying to like simply locate uh, <laughs> Zion physically? Does he need to find his phone number? Um, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it all it seemed was... like a pretty innocuous statement until that last line. I'm gonna get to the bottom of it. Um, yeah, and that's when alarm bells like, started ringing for me. He was on a panel. I think it was it was a TNT panel. I'm pretty sure Charles Barkley was there. Kenny Smith, you know, like the the usual TNT crew, mm-hmm. and they were all sort of like snickering and laughing and he was like i'm gonna get to the bottom of it and it seemed like what are you guys you guys are saying something but not saying it so whatever it is you're gonna be getting to the bottom of we'd really like to know yeah so yeah i don't know what he's trying to get to the bottom of he had not gotten to the bottom of it yet at that point but Mm -hmm. Like I said, he spoke to Malika Andrews and and told her that he had since, I guess, gotten to the bottom of it. Um, Meaning, they have just spoke, talked, talked. Yeah, to they talked. Zion. Yeah, two two grown they men talked. talked to each other. So I don't know how. I don't know if it was a phone call, if it was a Zoom call, mm-hmm. if it was a text message, maybe an email. Could have been a DM. Yeah. Could have been a DM. It could have been a anything. Google Hangout. Maybe um, maybe a Snapchat. Yeah. Maybe a Snapchat. Yeah, maybe an Instagram Live. I don't I don't really know. Yeah. I guess my question for you is like, 
the significance of this whole thing. Like, why does so why does this matter that CJ McCollum and Zion didn't speak? Why is it significant that Zion, yeah, didn't like directly reach out to CJ after the trade happened? Like, why? Why does this matter? Why are we talking about it? Um, well, I think, Chris, you know the answer to that, which is that mm-hmm. um, there's been a little bit of, uh, you know, chit-chat in, uh, in, in insider circles that, that you and I are, are uh, members of. Um, yep. So let's just, we're, we're pulling back the curtain. Yeah, here, folks. we can reveal some, some news here, which is that um, I have heard that Zion might not be happy in oh, goodness. Nolens. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, the Big Easy is apparently not so easy for him to mm. live in. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, there's been, uh, you know, there's been some rumblings and some rumors and innuendo about him, um, you know, wanting to play for a different team. Um, in fact, according to uh, fellow insider Stephen A. Smith, um, and, you know, obviously we should get into the whole... Stephen A. Smith and uh, and J.J. Redick. <clears throat> we'll have to uh, oh, mention, don't worry. mention will, that name at some point. Uh, um, we'll certainly unpack that. Yeah. So basically the big picture is, you know, this is this is smoke. This is a smoking gun. This is yet one more example right. of, of Zion being disengaged in the words. And of, where there's smoke, there's fire. As we all know, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it does seem like more than just like a little like oh that's weird. Uh, teammate didn't you know communicate with another teammate. It, it seems like a um, a a you know a, a detail that fits into this larger pattern of Zion not wanting to be in New Orleans yeah. and New Orleans maybe not wanting to be you know fully invested with Zion because they're like taking him out of their promotional material or whatever. And yeah, of course the whole you know kind of like genuinely it's like downer bummer thing about all this is this lingering injury that zion has um and the fact that he hasn't been on the court for his team um and i mean boy should we just get into this like the Stephen a jj thing yeah before we even talk about jj like Stephen a smith said something that was like i believe that if he were really interested in playing for the pelicans he'd be on the court and then he like very quickly followed that up by being like, "No, I don't want to say he's faking the injury, but I mean that's he, that is what he was saying by by that's saying insane. by saying yeah, it's, if it's it's a very complicated situation for like a lot of people involved, not for Stephen A. Smith. No. Um, <laughs> Stephen A. Smith is like not someone I feel in any way like badly for, but I will say, you know." When, when we're like talking about like why is it significant that he hasn't talked to CJ McCollum or whatever, like it, you feel bad because on the one hand it does seem like the Pelicans are making an effort to try to build like a good competitive team around him. Zion is uh, Zion is eligible for a contract extension this summer, right. and his seeming disinterest with like the team improving itself is maybe like you were saying sort of signals his dissatisfaction with new orleans which is something you know people are speculating that he'll request a trade whatever and that's pretty significant basically because the biggest elephant in the room like what we haven't said yet is zion williamson is 21 years old he has otherworldly like he has an otherworldly combination of size speed freakish athleticism he's the sort of it's the sort of thing that like 
you know, he does things on the court that are seemingly inhuman. Mm-hmm. Um, and in his second year last year, Zion made an all-star team. He averaged 27 points, seven rebounds, shot 60% from the field. Yeah, like 61%. Uh, yeah. He had four assists a game, a steal, a block. I mean, he's an incredible player and has the ability to win like multiple MVPs. Like he has yeah. that level potential. So it's significant and we're talking about it because uh, this is potentially someone with like LeBron James or Kevin Durant type transformational sort of talent he's an incredible player and it's significant that you know it's significant that he's basically not picking up the phone and texting or calling cj mccollum and welcoming welcoming him to the team and maybe it sort of indicates that he wants out but then there's like the health thing that you mentioned too and (laughs) we should talk about zion's health um because it's you know his it's all just shrouded in like mystery and conjecture and general weirdness. And it sort of complicates this whole conversation. And, you know, it's the most NBA in 2022 kind of thing that we like, will just sort of speculate on someone's health. But basically we can describe Zion's health as like, he's just had trouble staying on the basketball court. Yeah. Unfortunately this, yeah, it's a huge question mark. And obviously like, it's a foot injury. It's a lower body injury for a guy who is, whose entire like, uh, you know, sort of like um, value as a basketball player is built around his size and his weight and his power and his jumping yep. ability, his athletic ability, um, and his being able to like play above the rim. Yeah, like, as like a a linebacker sized human being who's right. able to jump like he's on a pogo stick. Um, and, and basically, basically do things like a seven footer, even though he's six, six. Yeah. So it's like extremely, extremely, uh, relevant, uh, and important yeah. that his, that the, you know, parts of his body that connect his body to the basketball court, meaning his feet are like in perfect condition. Yeah. And unfortunately it dates back, it dates back to like high school. Like this right. is not just like a, Oh, he's young. He had an unfortunate injury. You know, like I've I've heard the comparisons to like Joel Embiid, right? And I think it's kind of beyond that level of sort of like, oh, it's an unfortunate injury early in his career, but he'll bounce back. Um, to give you like to give our audience a, a brief snapshot here, junior year of high school, Zion had a deep knee bruise that kept him out of AAU ball for a few months. Senior year in high school, he had a deep bruise on his left foot he's out again for a few more months he suffered a mysterious hand injury that caused him to miss some time after the foot thing famously uh during his year at duke he the blue devils were playing unc on national tv ben obama was in attendance i remember it yeah barrett misses the three offensive rebound marquise bolden carolina an outstanding rebounding team duke as well and actually duke the better offensive rebounding team usually that's the north carolina tar heels Slipping and injured is Zion Williamson. Back the other way, a layup for Cam Johnson. And 36 seconds into the game, Zion Williamson is down. He blew through his shoe. Yeah. Look at his wow. look at his left shoe. He blew completely through the shoe, and then he started holding his right knee. I mean, his his shoe blew apart. I've never seen anything like that. Watch when he 
plants right here. His foot comes out of his shoe. That's unbelievable. He broke his shoe with his own foot. But as you say, the injury does not appear to have anything to do with the left foot. He did reach for the back of the right knee. Zion was cutting at the top of the key. He was cutting and suffered a grade one right knee sprain. This is that famous incident where his Nikes ripped in half. Yeah, it blew out his sneaker. <laughs> caused Nike stock to drop a billion dollars the next day. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Fast forward to the NBA. Now he's in summer league. His rookie year, he plays half of one game. And then he has knee discomfort. He bumps knees with another player during summer league. He sits out the rest of summer league. In preseason, he's ramping things up. He suffers a right torn lateral meniscus, has surgery, misses most of his rookie season with New Orleans. He misses about three months, but he returns. Late in the spring, he looks incredible. His debut, he's... Four for four from four for four from three has 22 points, seven rebounds, three assists in 18 minutes. Mm. He scores conse- consecutively 17 points in the fourth quarter. Here's a lob to Zion, and he finishes over DeRozan. Five straight for the rookie. I think Nico Melli is coming in for him right here. Here's Zion for three. Hit it again. If I'm Zion Williamson, I'm looking over at the bench and saying, leave me in. They want Zion to get it. Here he is. And Pirtle blocked it. Zion gets it back and finishes. Ten points in just over a minute for Zion Williamson. By far his best stretch of the night. Zion gives it up. Gets it back. Here he is again. And Alvin Gentry over at the bench frustrated because he's about to send a substitution in and Zion hits another basket. So, you know, from the get-go, pretty clearly. But then they sit him down because of his minutes limit, which he was right. not happy about. Furious I remember about. that. Yeah, yeah. And it was like a like a like a tie game at the end of the game and he yes. does on the bench. Yeah, yeah. He had to sit. And it's like pretty clearly this guy is gonna be a huge dominant force in the NBA. Um, so Zion manages to stay relatively healthy during his sophomore season. Of course, this is the pandemic shortened 2020 season. So everything kind of stopped in March and then resumed later that summer in the bubble. Mm. The Pelicans are eliminated from playoff contention in August of 2020. And basically once the team is eliminated from playoff contention, they, they shut him down with right knee soreness, but it's, you know, probably just a precautionary thing. Remind me the bubble resume they they resumed in the so new orleans went to the bubble but they didn't make the playoffs so they had like 10 games or something like that before the playoffs is that right yeah exactly so if you remember like the bubble there were 22 teams went. if you were pretty clearly like a lottery bound team like the knicks yeah you didn't go to the bubble they were just like we're not messing around just stay home right if you were like on the cusp of maybe contending for the eighth seed in the playoffs those like handful of teams got invited and then it was like the playoff teams right right Um, so they didn't they went to the bubble but they didn't uh make the playoffs Correct. And as soon as they were eliminated from playoff contention, they just shut him down. Right, right. The following season. But yeah, so that season, though, he stayed. He didn't have any major injuries his his second season. No. He suffered a thumb sprain. He missed some time for that. But then he also missed the final six games of the season with a fractured left ring finger. Mm. And then during the summer of 2021, so this past summer, Zion suffered what was ultimately revealed to be a broken foot 
during off-season training. At first, David Griffin sort of joked and like rolled his eyes about the, you know, the, the delay in Zion reporting to training camp. And then we later learn the extent of the injury. Zion's recovery has since, you know, his initial surgery has been like complicated, we'll say. Yeah. And he continues to experience soreness in his right foot over the winter. By February, Zion had a second round of medical imaging imaging done, which revealed that his right foot wasn't progressing and may require a second surgery. So he's now in Portland rehabbing the foot. Again, complicating all this, like you mentioned, Ben, is his weight. He's listed as six foot six, and his weight has been listed as anything from like 260 pounds to like 330 pounds. Um, wow, he's he was always at 330 pl- at one point. Who the hell knows? Yeah, who knows? I mean, it's Whatever. like, yeah, who 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 knows? Yeah. He's always played on the heavier side, even dating back to high school. But his size has led to a lot of like armchair sort of physicians and pundits to conclude that basically his body and his knees and his feet specifically can't support, you know, like the idea that his body can't support his weight. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where we are. This is now where we are, which is Zion is most likely going to miss the entire season as he should, by the way, because his, Health and recovery, I think Greg Oden would tell him, is the most important thing. Like, don't rush yourself back to, like, you know, Kevin Durant would say the same thing. Like, don't rush yourself back. Yeah, or Embiid. Remind me, what were Embiid's, uh, do you remember his exact injuries? I know that they were also, like, foot-related, but. Yeah, Embiid had, like, a series of injuries. So, I remember coming into the NBA draft, he, I remember during, like, those like private workouts they have for like the top three or four lottery, you know, like the, the teams with the top three or four picks, they mm-hmm. do like private workouts. Everyone who went to the Joel Embiid's one was like, that's it. He's the number one pick hands down. Everyone agreed. That's the guy. Right. And then within a couple of days after that, there was some sort of like, there was a report that he, I think had like a fracture in his back. Oh, it was a back thing that kept him out of his Yeah, it, it was a it was a back thing, and then there was another thing with like his foot is also broken, mm. and then it was like, okay, this is getting weird. And then I, I I think with the Sixers, so eventually this you know consensus number one overall pick fell to the third pick where the Sixers drafted him, and the Sixers were like, hey, we're just sort of acquiring talent regardless of the position we've drafted Nerlens Noel he's a center we're gonna draft um uh yeah, yeah. Duke center uh, I can't Okafor. believe I'm already f- Okafor yeah. of course wow. Okafor. I can't believe I already forgot his name yeah, yeah it took me a second time. but they were just sort of in talent acquisition mode sure. where they're yeah. like whatever we'll yeah. just take the best player available and hopefully one of these guys works yep and um and so it worked out for them with Embiid but Embiid I think broke his foot during his first couple of seasons with the Sixers more than once. Yeah. And then he had a meniscus too, didn't he? He had like a meniscus. Yeah. So like he had a very rocky road to getting back on the court. And I don't think he like really had a full season until like his like third year. Yeah. And it was the same sort of situation where it was like... And by full season, you mean like he would still then get injured like and miss the playoffs or he would like yeah, come down with something. Think, and yeah, I think he maybe just, played like 60, 60 games or something yeah. and they're like, well, it was a great 60 games. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 
the Sixers were in a similar position that the Pelicans are in with Zion, where the Sixers had to just be like, I think we're just going to pay this guy because the talent is undeniable, and we're just going to have to like hope that we can get him good medical treatment and like honestly just hope that we're lucky that like genetically that his body heals and can maintain the rigors of like a full NBA schedule. Right. So like the Pelicans are now approaching this moment with Zion where he has one year left on his contract, one year left on his rookie contract. And so like the speculation rumor mill begins, you know, where you're hearing these reports that Zion and his family don't don't enjoy living in New Orleans. They're unhappy with management, X, Y, and Z. And, you know, he didn't reach out to CJ McCollum now. And then you start hearing, like, Zion and the Knicks. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and this is what happens, Ben, every time. There's any time there's an NBA player rumored to be, like, mm. disgruntled, or unhappy, or there's like a player who reportedly has an aunt and uncle who live in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. There's like a corresponding story that the Knicks are in play, that the Knicks, the Knicks are in play yeah. for so and so. You know and, which players are always happy? New York Knicks. That's who. Yes, it's the place. And this is dated. That, it's the, the only. It, it, might, it could. It might be the only NBA franchise, Chris, that that truly values its human. Oh my God. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, if it's you can make it employees, you know, it's, it's, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Yeah. As you know, exactly right. Well, this is dated back to the beginning of time with the Knicks. Of course, we know about LeBron's flirtations with the Knicks that that door is still open oh, by the I'm way. Hearing, yeah. He loves the garden. Yeah. yeah. Kobe um, famously wanted, sure. always wanted to be a Nick. MJ loved playing at the garden. Yep. Um, Kevin Durant apparently lost countless hours of sleep mm. hemming and hawing about whether to All go the, the Knicks or the Nets. All the greats want to be Knicks. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, both had interest in playing New York City with natives. David Busher. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Stockton and Malone floated the idea of demanding the, uh, the double great, trade. How great would they be in the garden? Yeah. I can see uh, him now. David Robinson, David Robinson, Julius mm-hmm. Irving, Jerry Shaquille West, O'Neal. Steph Curry, Sha- Shaq, O'Neal, yeah. Moses Malone, yeah. AI. Charles Barkley. Russell Westbrook, Kevin McHale. Many, mm-hmm. many, many players have come very yeah. close to finally coming home. Yeah. Hakeem Olajuwon. Zion. Is Zion finally the one? Do we think that Zion is going to be the one that finally comes home to New York? Um. <sighs> Of course, the Knicks, you know, just missed out on landing Zion in the 2019 draft where they had the number three overall pick and Zion and John Morant went ahead, uh, number one and number two overall. But then the guy that the Knicks selected number three overall was RJ Barrett. He's playing pretty well too. And now he is best friends with Zion Mm. Williamson. They were teammates and roommates at Duke. Isn't that just perfect? So, you know, it gets you thinking. It does, it does. Um, I mean, allow me a moment of sincerity here, Chris. And um, right here, I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out uh, longtime listener Matt Corbett, um, who I know mm. lo- loves it when I when I get sincere. Um, I mean, this whole Zion, it shouldn't be any surprise. Like in his sort of like perfect non-injured form, would be like my my ideal. NBA specimen. Uh, that's a yeah. weird word to use for a human being. My ideal NBA player. Like, 
Um, I remember he's he like I literally remember like sitting at work in 2016 or 17, whenever it was, and watching highlight clips of him in high school when like I don't watch high school basketball. Yeah. I don't. I'm not like one of those like you know like armchair scouts. He's like oh like who's who's like the up and comers like in in like you know. Like, all, like, the mixtapes that, like, whatever, like, Ball is Life, like, puts right. out. I'm like, I don't do that. But I forget how I, like, stumbled across him, but I was just, like, mesmerized, like, watching him do these, like, 360 windmills, like, in the middle of games. And just, like, the most insane shit where you're like, oh, my God, like, look at this man. He's he's incredible. Like, he's, like, a superhero. Um, I think he was, like, the first social media prospect. Yeah. I would say he's, like, the first, like dunker from instagram that Mm -hmm. became the number one pick he's the first guy that like instagram got to duke and Mm. then got you know it's like you go from instagram celebrity to duke to being the number one pick and it was like a pretty straight correlation yeah which is kind of crazy because like i would assume that there's lots of kids who like do crazy dunks in high school basketball games and you would i would watch him and i'd just be like well this is like kind of this almost looks like a gimmick or like it's not real or it's like yeah. he's playing against like some like random ass like kids right. like on a playground like this isn't like, like this won't translate yeah like, like you can't it's, actually it's cool, like do this it's a cool video but like that right won't, it's just high school basketball whatever yeah. yeah and then he goes to duke and he's like way better than like anyone expects him to be and you're like oh wait is he actually like like gonna be able to like do this in the nba and then he goes to the nba and he's like just as good and like insanely i think we should we should stress too that like he's does a lot more than dunk like oh yeah it, it's kind it's he was kind playing of like point guard the, he was playing point guard for the pelicans yeah last it's year it's like the the dunking is the fun thing that goes on instagram yeah. but uh he does a lot of spectacular stuff that's not that yeah. makes him much more unique than just like being like a dunk champion yeah because he's basically a lebron like like modeled player where he can run yeah. point he's got the handle he can pass like crazy um and you know uh it, it's like it's like mind-boggling it doesn't seem real and so like you know i haven't been excited about um uh, basketball uh in a non-fantasy realm in a very very long time um i haven't there hasn't been a player on the new york knicks that i have like actually given a shit about um candidly since Patrick Ewing retired or was traded. Um, so <laughs> if Zion were on the New York Knicks, it would be, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I would feel like it would probably be something where I would like actually start caring again, um, <laughs> which is something I haven't done in literally over 20 years for this fucking basketball team. And so it's, um, it's something that I am, I mean, even if he weren't a Nick, I think if he were healthy and like, and just like a successful like All NBA MVP, you know, perennial MVP candidate, like I would be super invested in just watching his career because he is just the most fun player to watch. Like it's it's just it's bananas to like it's so it's just I don't know he's just very you know he really does like bring you back to your childhood where you're like watching yeah like a football player like running around and like doing dunks and you're just like this is the best this is why this is like yeah the the like magic of of like watching basketball and obviously there's lots of players that are very exciting and fun to watch but yeah like you know me and you chris like we like our big boys we like our we we like our tanks you know it's like 
there's just something Not you know like being raised on like 80s action movies in wwf like that's just in my yeah. dna and i can't help it and i'm not saying it's good or bad I, but it's who it's who i, think I am I know <laughs> i think i know you well enough to i don't know if you remember making this comp when we were like because we were really invested and excited about zion leading into the 2019 draft lottery yeah and because the knicks were really bad and it was like the Knicks are going to have a, a shot, very good at shot at getting the first pick. Yeah, yeah, and they came really close, um, <laughs> and they still got like a really good player, but they didn't get Zion. But I remember talking to you doing those podcasts. This is when we were uh, still working for the OTL. Uh, I mean, <laughs> to be clear, we still work for the OTL, but obviously the corporate structure. Yeah, before the corporate re- rebrand and, and re-brand, restructure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, but the I new, remember the new board of directors came in. Yeah, I don't know if you remember this, but. One of the reasons I think that you were really excited about Zion specifically is because he basically is like Lawrence Taylor on the basketball yeah, court. Yeah, Lawrence Taylor. The New York Giants, first round selection, Lawrence Taylor, linebacker, North Carolina. Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. I wanted him to wear number 56. Um, yeah. Because he, like, kind of looks like him already. Um, I don't know if we've spelled this out on the podcast in, like, very clear terms, but, like, you grew up watching the, the New York Giants, huge, like, Giants fan as a child, mm-hmm. and those Super Bowl teams, and that was, like, you know, we always... This podcast always, you know, turns into, like, a therapy session for you, and we sort of re-examine your childhood and your relationship to sports and and <laughs> Lauren, prob- i have to say like, fave yeah lawrence yes taylor, like see, Lauren, lawrence taylor was one of your guys yeah i'm sad to say that that is uh that he was a a role model of mine as a, as right. a youngster well and and Z- but zion like really is the lt of basketball where it was like this is like you would watch Lawrence Taylor play football, rush the passer and be like, this is not a human being. I think this is like, this is like a, this is some sort of animal, but this is not like what a, how a human being like behaves or like can move. Yeah. And, and Zion is similar where it's like, I'm pretty sure that someone that's six, six, 300 pounds, like should not be able to violently dunk and move like this. This is like, dangerous it's like a hurt it's like watching a hurricane or something yeah yeah and that's why it's really just such a bummer to to like have those thoughts of like wow i don't know if his like a human body can like sustain that and then to like see him get injured like this and have setbacks and you're like fuck maybe 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 you can't and it's like it really does feel like we're being robbed of something really really magical and fun to watch and so even if he weren't a nick it just bums me like the whole situation bums me the fuck out and it's, yeah. it sucks that um that david griffin seems like he has no like desire to like handle the situation well or properly to make anyone happy and it's the the contempt for the fan like imagine being a pelicans fan and being told like oh yeah he's gonna be ready on opening night um and then just he doesn't play the whole season like that is like he should be fired. Like, I don't know why David Griffin still has a job. Um, 
and yeah. it is the whole situation is just a huge bummer. Um, I mean, the Pelicans franchise as a whole seems like it's horribly run, and they're weird, like New York, New Orleans Saints, like ownership structure. Like I don't know, whatever. I don't really care to know like how that whole uh, business operates, but it doesn't seem great. Um, and it seems like you're watching something fall apart. Yeah, and. It's too bad because it's a cool city. I feel like it could be like a really like f- cool, fun franchise and team to follow. Um, it's but, really so weird that like I, 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 it's like an awesome city. Yeah, like it's, it's an awesome city. It's it's crazy to me that like people don't want to go there and like make that team awesome. I guess like, it's just it's not just a basketball. I guess thing. it's just like such a football city that it's just basketball. It doesn't really like have a foothold there. Um, in which case, like fine, like sell the franchise, like give them whatever, like take them somewhere else or, or whatever. If, if like it's not working out, but anyway, the whole thing is just like a depressing mess and Zion's like physical state is a depressing mess. And at the same time though, I keep thinking about Joel Embiid because Joel Embiid for a long time was kind of a depressing mess of a story. And now, I mean, knock on wood, um, we'll see, you know, how yeah. how the rest of the sh- season shakes out. But he's like the likely MVP. He's an absolute like powerhouse. And um, I mean, it took him a long time to like kind of get there. Um, and for a long time, people were like, oh, it's never going to happen. He's always injured. Like, um, you know, he's just never going to be able to like put it together. And then you know, you, you see what's going on this season. So you're like, well, so Zion's, yeah, like you said, he's 21 years old, right? Like he's still very young. You know, modern medicine is very good. I think a lot of play, like, I mean, look at Clay Thompson, like w- what he's been able to do. So it's like, obviously not the same body type, but you know, there's like a glimmer of hope where you're like, okay, if he can like get his, you know, you know, like situation together, um, there's still plenty of time for him to recover and go on to have a, you know, very successful career. And whether that's with the Knicks or not, um, I just really hope it happens because he's really awesome to watch and seems like a pretty good dude, um, despite what maybe uh, his former teammate eh, J.J. Redick thinks about him. all right, let's let's hop into that. All right, so, well, <laughs> let's open the can of worms. Well, all this stuff with Zion is out in the universe, and thank you for bearing with us as we sort of laid out all that stuff with Zion. Mm. There are these, you know, rumors of his imminent departure and trade demand to the Knicks, his injury history, speculation about his size and his weight. Is he as big as it seems, or was he just wearing baggy clothes on TV, et cetera, et cetera? Zion's former teammate, newly minted ESPN analyst, J.J. Redick, mm. weighed in. Yeah. Ben on ESPN's first take. J.J. and Stephen A. Smith. Are they are they like regular co-hosts now, or is it like an occasional? I don't watch ESPN. I don't, but... I don't, I don't watch either. I think it's this, I think the deal is that like J.J. is just like a regular contributor to a show that Stephen A. hosts. And gotcha. it's probably like a round robin of people that like right. come on and like join him or whatever. Got it, got it. But on ESPN's first take, Reddick said, quote, this is something I addressed with Zion in front of the team. Okay. So I like, this is going back to his rookie year. There, there's a responsibility that you have as an athlete. When you play a team sport to be fully invested, you're fully invested in your body. You're fully invested in your work. 
and you're fully invested in your teammates. That is your responsibility. And we have not seen that from Zion. Yes, he's been amazing when he's been on the court. 100%. He's amazing to watch. There's no one that can do what he does on a basketball court. There isn't. There isn't. The sheer level of force and athleticism and skill, it's amazing. 100%. But as a teammate, there's a pattern of behavior. As a fully invested individual in New Orleans, there is a pattern of behavior. This is worrisome. And I I totally agree with you. Like, New Orleans is going to have to make some sort of decision here. (laughs) We've seen this now for three years. (laughs) JJ. Oh, JJ. Uh. I just love that. So JJ's like... JJ's just out there now. Like, yeah. He's in the media. JJ's a killer. He, he's out there. He's just he's just a sniper, man. He's just out there to... Scold. To and fucking... Like, yeah. Yeah, get off headshots. And, um, <laughs> like, my God. This is worrisome. Yeah. Um, I just want to, like, know, like, what JJ... Like, the the reference to, like, I, I addressed this with him in front of the team. This would have been, like, in... Zion's like rookie season, maybe, and he's nine. His soft, maybe, maybe it's yeah. like sophomore year. Yeah, he's nineteen or maybe twenty years old. Um, yeah. He's been playing basketball be... since he was nine. He's a fucking major superstar. You know, yes. hundred millionaire from Nike. If he never plays another basketball game in his life, like he's like it's a it's I don't know and. Actually, my favorite part of the entire interview was when JJ, he like goes off on his rant and then he's like, what is going on in New Orleans, Stephen A? You'll have to drop in the audio. I know you will. But when uh, Stephen A with like complete genuine sincerity goes. What the heck is going on in New Orleans, Stephen A? They don't have you. They don't have somebody like you. <laughs> I thought like, like JJ was gonna like break down in tears in that moment. Like yeah. it was so so sincere and touching and poignant. Um, just the idea that JJ Reddick, if only JJ were there, still able to berate Zion in person in front of his teammates. None him. of this. None of this yeah. would be going on, Chris. They just need JJ. I mean, that's why I awarded him. The, uh, the the teammate of the year um, put it put it down in the books and in, in ink, folks. It's happening. JJ Redick, uh, what's the Twyman Stokes? Is that the the, yeah, the yeah, company? Twyman Stokes. Twyman Stokes. Of the year. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. JJ deserves that. But I mean, if you ask me, like, just put jot him down for the next decade of of Twyman Stokes. Um, Cause I don't, you know, like JJ, that's all he does. He just gives, he gives of himself. Um, all he wants is the best for his team and his community and his city. Um, we all know how much JJ cared about New Orleans. Uh, you know, he, he poured, restaurants, he poured himself into that, that organization gave everything. He left it all on the court and it's just, uh, it just breaks my heart, Chris. It's actually kind of hard for me to Tommy, t- talk about he, um, he and tommy used to get po'boys at they like would talk at length about like the best <laughs> spots to get like po'boys <laughs> in New Orleans. i was like i wish you guys could just hear yourselves yeah um, um yeah, it's so good yeah yeah i mean listen we love jj he's a high level person um he's the kind of you know person we all <laughs> want to be um he is he's best, a rock star. He's a rock, he's an absolute rock star. Um, he's a capitalist at times, not all the time, <laughs> but at times he is a capitalist. 
Um, and he's, um, yeah, he's, he's perfect in every way. And it's unfortunate that Zion can't understand that, can't take a cue from that kind of, um, you know, role model. Um, I don't know, you know, what kind of people Zion's surrounding himself with, but, um, I think it's, it's a lot of people that are dragging him down, bringing him down. I think he needs to call up JJ. I think he needs to call up David Solomon, CEO of Goldman Sachs, and and figure out, um, you know, the the keys to success in life. Um, because I think that uh, that right now, yeah, he's he's not getting it from uh, from whoever's around him, and that uh, that's very unfortunate. So, all right. Well, you talk about Zion needing better advice from the people that that, that are around him. Mm. Here's where things get even crazier, Ben. Oh, boy. J.J. Reddick, mm-hmm. Zion Williamson, yes. and Stephen A. Smith mm-hmm. are all represented by CAA. Oh, you don't say. Now, Ben, yeah. the guy that used to run CAA, mm-hmm. that's Nick's president, Leon Rose. Oh, now, how about that? CAA is one of, if not the biggest, player in talent representation in pro, you know, sports. Mm-hmm. So in the NBA, aside from Zion, they have clients that include Devin Booker, Paul George, Jalen Green, Tyrese Halliburton, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, Jaron Jackson Jr., Andrew Wiggins, the list goes on and on. Mm. The point here is if there's anyone privy to Zion's thinking, mm. um, if there's anyone giving Zion advice... If there's anyone privy to Zion's medicals, what those might look like, it's probably the people at CAA, and it's probably, you know, the people at CAA are probably still in uh, communication with the guy that runs the Knicks. Mm. And if you're wondering, you know, well, you know, he's not at CAA anymore, you know, that's not fair. You're speculating. If you're wondering how well connected Leon Rose remains with CAA, consider this. Mm-hmm. Leon Rose's son, Sam Rose, is an agent on the basketball side at CAA, and he represents Obi Toppin of the Knicks. Oh. So, needless to say, Wait, there's... Is that true? Yes. The... <laughs> yes. Obi Toppin's yes. agent is, is the Leon son, Rose's son of the general manager of the team Obi Toppin plays for? Yes, the man that gave Leah, the man that gave Obi Toppin his contract and negotiated that contract. <laughs> Wait, is that legal? Is paying a commission to his son. <laughs> I did not realize that. What the fuck? Yeah. So needless to say, there's probably a pretty healthy amount of dialogue what between is the going Knicks. On? Yeah, dude, between the Knicks front office is and the CAA. Is aware of this? This seems I know. like I don't know. It's insane. Wow. So there's probably a pretty healthy amount of dialogue between the Knicks front office and CAA's head of basketball talent rep. Mm. And then on the ESPN side of things, JJ and Stephen A are both represented by CAA. Mm -hmm. So it certainly serves ESPN to have, you know, lots of people talking about and Mm. clicking on salacious stories. Uh, But are we, Chris, wait a second. Are we, Mm -hmm. are we pawns? Are you and I pawns in this game? Are we patsies well, in a in a larger chess game being being This is this is what I want to talk with you about. Pieces being shuffled around by the hands, the fingertips of JJ and Steven and 
are Zion. we being used? Are we being, are we, are we puppets? Are we, are we Leon Rose's puppets doing his bidding? Yeah. Drumming up this sort of, uh, or doing JJ's bidding, doing ESPN's bidding because exactly. guess what? We're talking about a first take. We're talking about ESPN. We're talking about Stephen A. Smith and JJ Reddick personalities for ESPN. We obviously have a large platform here, Chris. We drive yes. a lot of traffic. Um, we have influence. We are influencers as well as insiders. And I'm starting to question a little bit our role in this whole, uh, I don't want to use the word conspiracy, but it's starting to feel a little bit like there could be something more than meets the eye going on here. My question is this. Yeah. What is JJ's agenda is he just trying to drum drum up some business for his employer espn or or is he secretly working for zion because he wants zion in keep going the mecca where he's gonna be a bigger star make more money fill up more uh, you know arena seats some more <laughs> some more merchandise i think it's i think it, i think it's like this and he knows jj that took what's jj took the year off good for CAA. jj took the year off he wanted to lick his wounds build up his media profile should we also get discuss some... briefly sorry to interrupt but jj's relationship with david griffin oh we're going to talk about david griffin after okay. this okay yeah but i think that jj wants to you know is clearly like taking the year off healing from various like you know injuries whatever just building up his media profile getting subscribers for the podcast yeah, he's got that podcast that he's got to look after but we yeah. also know that jj reddick lives in new york city of course and lives in dumbo and you are you really telling me if zion is traded to the knicks that JJ is not going to want a piece of that. Mm. I think it's very possible JJ Reddick comes out of retirement, plays Ooh. a final season with the Knicks as a wingman to Zion. They sort of bury the hatchet. It all happens at the Mecca. Um, oh, wow. I think it's possible. I think it's. I think it's very possible. Wouldn't that be the emotional reunion? Yeah, um, but I, I. I don't know what JJ's ultimate motivation is here it mm. does seem like he's stirring the pot um yeah that was does, quite that was a that was an oscar-worthy performance that he gave on first take i gotta say yes i mean he was yes. near it seemed like he was near tears at in multiple parts of that interview uh, yes with with Stephen a he where, was really frustrated yeah he Zion. seemed he seemed genuinely upset or genuinely trying to sell some sort of, you know, he's not happy. Like, I, my he's question is... He's trying to wish something into existence. Yeah, yeah. I mean... And the question is why? It was He was almost gleeful in pointing out that New Orleans had removed Zion from its promotional material. It's yeah. like, you know, season ticket announcements or whatever. Um, and it's it does seem to me like he was... He was shitting on the Pelicans, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. He was and, shitting on the Pelicans as the much David, as it was Zion. And this is the David Griffin part of the conversation yeah, we can start having. But, like, why... So, okay, so JJ signed last year, his final year, and uh, he, I guess he signed, what was it, like a two- or three-year contract after he left the Sixers to play for the Pelicans, play with Zion in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. 
and um, he was traded uh, at the deadline last year to the Dallas Mavericks. I gather that he approached David Griffin at the beginning of the season. I kind of forget the specifics here, but I, I, I'm pretty certain it was related to COVID and was just like, hey, I'm not really super happy being here in New Orleans away from my family. My family and my kids and my wife live in New York. Right. I would love it if I could be traded and relocated to like the Northeast so I could be closer to my family during the pandemic. Right. And they had some sort of like handshake agreement that like he, David Griffin would make it happen. And not only did it not happen, he traded him further West to Dallas. <laughs> yeah. And JJ was very resentful of it and sort of called him out. And like, really it, it was a very sort of public um, he gave him like a real public tongue lashing. Yeah, not unlike uh, what Zion just got here. Yeah. So it it is sort of JJ does. He's a he is a master of scolding. I will say he's incredibly gifted. Like yeah. When when you feel the wrath of JJ, it the is the sermon. Boy. Like when he's on the altar giving the sermon. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, you when you're the, the target of that, that, man, that is not a good feeling. You don't want to be in that position. So let's talk about David Griffin and JJ and 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 how like all these dots connect or whatever but it does feel like he was as much like scolding zion as he was the entire pelicans front office right yeah i mean he definitely didn't seem to have any you know like love loss love loss exactly for for the pelicans organization i think he is genuinely like was genuinely pissed at, at griffin um and what went down last season and um so i just had a thought that i was going to try to tease out but now i forget what it was but Mm. oh yeah basically like (laughs) another thing about you know reaching out to cj mccollum and i have no ill will against cj mccollum he seems like a you know perfectly fine dude um but the fact that like the idea that like oh man they just like you know got this like key asset cj mccollum like really like are, is cj mccollum gonna be the number two on a championship team um yeah, like i don't know and this team just traded away like lonzo ball and josh hart and um you know lots of like i don't know play like i don't know i haven't like broken down the numbers or anything like that but i feel like they haven't exactly like made moves to make new orleans um you know, to build around David, Zion in like the, the, the best way possible. David um, Griffin's done a bad job. Yeah. Let's just put it, let's summarize it like that. Yeah. David Griffin's not good. Um, Drew, at, Drew holiday is a very good player and he wanted to stay in new Orleans mm. and wanted to play with Zion and David Griffin traded him, yeah. which is like a fine choice of course, but it's just kind of like, he really had talent. Same with like Lonzo and Josh Hart. Like he really had talent on that roster that wanted to be there and play with Zion. Young, good talent too. I'm not talking yeah. about like over over the hill guys. Like yeah. And he has botched a lot of those decisions. And now the idea that like David Gr- David Griffin is like butthurt because Zion hasn't like kissed the ring of CJ McCollum is kind of like. Yeah. It's just kind of silly. I don't know. Yeah, right. It's not like they just signed or, you know, traded for, like, whatever, like, like, uh, 
Kevin Durant or something like that, where you're like, oh, we're a championship contender now. Like this is mate. Like this is like it's right. on. Like it was just they were just treading water. Um, so yeah, it's just like kind of funny to me that like it's like oh it's CJ McCollum. Like how could you not like <laughs> whatever? It's also I also like someone pointed this out on Twitter. I forget who exactly, but. We're talking about, like, two grown men, like, having a phone conversation. Like, I know. what the fuck? <laughs> and to be clear, you and I are doing that. <laughs> we're talking... Yes. We're spending an, an inordinate amount of time discussing <laughs> um, two grown men. Uh, will they or won't they talk on the phone? Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah. Well, it all comes it's... back to Zion, like, being this ridiculously talented entertaining basketball player who we love to watch play and yeah. it'd be really cool if he does get to play and if he ever gets healthy <sighs> enough to play on a regular basis so it's like a lot of what ifs but i guess we'll maybe kind of wrap it up here or work towards wrapping it up yeah. a little bit but so you know thinking about david griffin ben it'll be another fascinating Summer in the NBA rumor mill, Zion will be extension eligible. He'll be entering the final year of his rookie deal. Um, so yeah, let's break down the the options there. If yeah. New Orleans wants to extend him, they can yeah. offer him an extension. If he turns yes. it down, he still has one year remaining. But at yes. that point, it would be like, well, we have to trade him. He's not gonna. If he turns it down, his extension, he's, it's basically a sign like he doesn't want to be here. Yes, um, that's sort of like the way things usually typically work. So basically like this summer, he will be eligible in the plainest, simplest terms. He'll be eligible for a contract that would pay him north of like 150, maybe even as much as like $200 million. I sort of forget the financial specifics. Mm-hmm. So he is eligible to sign that extension beginning this summer. And that would be for the, four more years, three more years? Four, yeah, four more years. Yeah. Um, He's eligible to sign that extension if it's offered to him by management. Right. Uh, if he's offered that extension and declines it, he will still have one year left on his contract, which he's unrestricted. Which he's fair to just like play played out, and then after that final year under contract, he will be a unrestricted free agent, meaning he can sign with any team that he wants and. That's it, you know, like wipe your hands and he's he's gone. So there is this sort of like pressure for the team to sort of get the player under team control for another four years, five years, whatever it is. Or if the player says, no, I don't want that, then there's this kind of like thought process, which is like, if this player doesn't want the financial security of being here, especially a player with a health history, right? Um, That's it's probably that... it's probably a sign that this player intends to like not be here in a year. Right, right. So I guess you know hmm. it's very like when it cause... when it when a team offers like this prized young player a contract, they're trying to ensure that person's future with the team by locking them up, right? And I guess. You know, we're assuming that we're assuming a couple things there. One is David Griffin or David Griffin and the Pelicans definitely going to offer Zion a max contract extension. Like it's possible, like if you, going back to Embiid, the Sixers did not offer him a, a, a max contract extension and he right. did not sign a max extension. He signed like a heavily incentive 
laden contract. Yeah, it had all those little like triggers of like you know injury yeah. uh, caveats and stuff like that, which sounds like it would be you know a model for the Pelicans to follow given science history. But like but, the yeah. the league, you know, you think about like player empowerment and stuff. Like the league really has changed a lot in. I think Joel Embiid probably signed that contract four years ago, three, mm. four or five years ago. The league has changed so much since then. Like that's like, imagine, I just feel like if Joel Embiid was in Zion's shoes in the year 2022, it would not be an incentive contract. It would just be, it would be a guarantee. You mm. know, you think so? I, yeah, I just feel like players have, there's been an escalation in like players having more power in these like contract negotiations where mm. they just teams are just paying people to rehab. I mean, Kevin Durant signed a contract with the Nets and they're like, yeah, you can just rehab with us for a full year. Like right. we'll pay you to rehab. Right. Right. Um, but it's anyone's guess if Zion would accept or decline the extension right because then it's like even if you don't want to be there do you feel obligated to take that money knowing this could be my last shot like if if you know the injuries don't you know get better and and he's you know doesn't like god forbid like doesn't like kind of recover back to full form is it smart for him just to be like well this is probably the last shot i'm going to have at making this kind of money um so for the security he takes it but i don't know i also yeah i don't know that seems unlikely to me completely talking out of my ass just because he is still 21 years old like he's it's i know there's still like if he took like three years off like he could come back and still basically be in his like physical prime you know it would seem it would seem like the thing to do like if you're very unhappy and if you're like the darling of the sport it's like just wait like someone will pay you like yeah you should but i think that's it's easy to say and hard to do. Like you're looking at $200 million and just being like, yeah, I'll wait. I don't know. But I was going to say, if the situation feels kind of familiar to us, Ben, it's, it's sort of comparable to what the Knicks went through with Chris Stapps Porzingis. Uh, yeah. So KP had a, <laughs> KP had a history with injuries. Mm. And despite having this like tantalizing potential, he emerged as an all-star. The Knicks were struggling as a team. So they had this great young all-star talent. The team was struggling. And then there were these increasingly loud rumors that KP was like miserable in New York. And, and then that he allegedly requested a trade. Then there were the even louder whispers from KP's agent, his brother, that he wouldn't sign an extension with the Knicks headed into his walk year. So the Knicks kind of got ahead of the issue and then they just traded him to the Mavericks and then he ultimately signed an extension with Dallas. So um, it'll be really interesting this summer because it might be a similar situation with KP where uh, New Orleans offered David Griffin and New Orleans offers him a contract and he says, I don't want to sign this. And then at that point they're like, this is probably a, a our, our cue to trade you to the Knicks. Yeah. 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 All right, Ben. I think we're going to wrap up there. <laughs> wow. We shall uh, We shall see. Um, you have boy. any shout-outs? Um, Anyone you want to shout-out? Whammy? Um, yeah, sure. Shout-out Whammy. Um, we, uh, you know, uh, we, we gave him the week off uh, this week to uh, take a look at his 
you know his his file uh figure out uh next steps so we'll we'll keep him posted on that um possibly shout out kelly my girlfriend cool yeah shout out kelly um she's been doing some great work um yep uh, these days, uh, writing for uh, writing for Gawker, and um, been really enjoying her content lately. And um, yeah, we will uh, uh, and maybe, shout maybe out basketball. Yeah, we'll shout out basketball. Out. Yeah, shout out basketball. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could have Kelly write about Zion. Um, oh wow! I mean, you know, I'm sure she's got her plate full and plenty of assignments and stuff. I don't want to, you know, create more work for her. But um, you know, just the thought, Kelly, if you're listening. I gauged her thought her thoughts on the whole situation and she was definitely like Ugh, you know seems like he might be an injury risk mm. um but you know the potential is there i mean the guy has all the potential in the world so uh, man it really is like extremely frustrating and uh but there is still that sliver of hope so that's that's why we watch folks that's why we watch and um this was a lot of fun as always we will talk to you next week have a great week enjoy watching uh some hoops and uh yeah till next time you too my friend always fun to do the pod you can listen to switch